So maybe here is a question about, uh, since you highlighted that about maybe we can use biology as living tissues, for example, or living cell, and also the bi-hybrid designs. There's approaches now we can uh, combine living cells with artificial material. How do you see the complication of combining uh, human tissues, for example, there's some sort of how we can maybe have infinite power and we never grow uh, and, and go older. So do you think how we can um, combine living tissue with artificial material? Do you think this is challenging? And do you have any thought about this idea combining two different material? No, so I think I think there's, there's a few ways to go with that. Number one, I think that the combination of of living and non-living material is is perfectly acceptable. And so so bone is alive, but a lot of what bone does for our, our joints is is structural. And so there's mm. already this idea of you know we have an endoskeleton, uh, insects and arthropods have exoskeletons. So a lot of what they're doing is is really similar to to the artificial components of, of biohybrid mm. designs. Um, I also think we haven't really explored. Uh, what we would call chimeric design. So there's no reasons that cells from different organi organisms can't both colonize a biohybrid scaffold. So you may have cells from one type of organism for one task. I, I don't know what that would be. Mm -hmm. And cells from another type of organism. Even humans, right? We use uh, valves that are made from pigs to treat humans in heart disease, and that's tolerated perfectly fine. There's, there's obviously a lot of medical science that went into producing that, but these things translate fairly well across pretty diverse taxa. Um, and, and as far as lifespan, that's a huge area of biological research right now. So there are cells that have become immortalized. They, they need food, but they essentially live forever. The risk there is that that's a, an easy pathway to get to cancer. So unregulated growth is not particularly the, the end all and be all because cancer can also be immortal, but that's not really what you're trying to produce. And then within cell biology, there's a lot of research going into just how to understand the lifespan of a cell. So mm -hmm. what are the dynamics of chromosome degradation and why do cells age and how can we control that? And that would be useful both for hybrids, hybrid designs, as well as just for human health in the long term and understanding how to prolong the lifespan of humans. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So maybe for the designing, we mentioned that maybe when you go for human side, you have to select different tissue rather than frog cells. Correct. And if you can't design different system, do you have the same methodology or you have to go for scratch? I mean that every cell or every tissue from different um, creature is different in the process. You have to shift all the way of thinking about it or it's just like uh, building blocks at the end of the day. My... So my, my gut tells me that the design principles that we have now should be applicable across many organisms. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm using frog cells, but um, we have uh, unpublished work that I can't talk about yet, but mm -hmm. that I can strongly say that this principle applies to many different cell types outside of amphibians, and it works very well. And there's obviously small tricks just in like the idea of, of building different types of robots, there's certainly differences in methodology, but the overall principles are, are the same. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what we're really leveraging here is that most of biology contains this tremendous plasticity and this ability to uh, self-organize in ways that really promotes 
building structures and, and recombining and that the tissue is surprisingly amenable to this. Um, I think the big hurdle that we face is right now, a lot of what we're doing in both biohybrids and fully biological robots is still fairly manual and labor intensive. So I'm building these in groups of 20 to 30 by hand, and each one takes a few hours to build and lives 10 days. And where we really need help, where I think robotics has excelled, is moving this to automated designs. And so mm -hmm. there are 3D cell printers that deposit cells like you would ink and build from the ground up, but they're not really made with the type of precision that we have in mind for bio hybrids or, or biological robots. But I think adapting those would allow us to move from producing hundreds to tens of thousands of robots in a week or a month. Yeah, that's wonderful. I think for the fabrication, you still maybe what could be the serious limitation for fabrication or manufacturing of living cell, which is a scale, of course. What could be still Correct. challenging for you? Yes. Yeah. And and what's nice is cells cells are fairly tolerant. There are, there are many cell types that can be frozen even for for, for months mm. and thawed out depending on the conditions. And there are some that can be kept in almost a stasis depending on the conditions. And so you can imagine a world in the future, a, a moonshot, where you essentially have different bins where, where each printer cartridge is a different cell type. And then the robot simply goes and grabs the different inks and can print basically from scratch whatever you would like with high resolution. So you have yeah. you know, a bin of 100,000 neurons and a bin of 100,000 muscle cells and a bin of 100,000 skin cells. And really, they all just feed together and sort of print in real time uh, a designer organism, so to speak. Mm -hmm, mm 